0: It's AC Primetime Radio and acprimetime.com. I am Mel Taylor, and I am going to do a little recap for you, just in case you missed the festivities. (laughs) Um, On Tuesday night, June 28th, Mayor Don Guardian and some members of city council got together in council chambers with about 30, 40 local residents, and they discussed the plan, the plan they're putting together. It's called the Atlantic City Recovery Plan. It was a public meeting. Don Guardian, the mayor, he uh, held court for the most part. He was in charge of the proceedings. So I thought I'd kind of translate it for you, simplify it, kind of summarize it for you, okay? Because Don has a dilemma. Quite frankly, no matter what he does, I don't know if it's possible to have a balanced budget for the year 2017. You could fire everybody, sell off all the city properties. You're so deep in debt. And your infrastructure is so expensive. And your payouts and pensions and insurance. I don't know if it's feasible, if it's technically possible to do it. So is, so is Don and the city council of Atlantic City being set up? Don't know. But they are making some pretty good inroads, and I wanted to kind of I wanted to kind of do a recap here for you, because Don, his head is spinning. It's a dilemma for Don, and it almost looks as if, in this screen capture, the live stream from the press of Atlantic City, looks like Don is just rubbing his weary eyes, or he has a migraine, or something like that, but what does, what does the governor of New Jersey think about Don's chance of coming up with a good plan, so that the state does not take over the city? of Atlantic City. on Atlantic City, they have until the fall to come up with their cost saving plan before the state could theoretically take over. <laughs> you don't sound optimistic. No, I, I'm neither optimistic nor pessimistic, I'm a realist. Uh, Mayor Guardian asked if somebody from the state or your administration would serve on his cost cutting panel. <laughs> no. Because we ultimately have to be the judges of whether the, the plan is appropriate and fits the legislation. So how are we going to be part of the plan and then judge the plan and be objective? We have to stay out of it. We offered to be in it. The mayor didn't want us. The mayor was going to solve this problem on his own. Just let Don Guardian at the problem. He was going to fix it. Well, Don Guardian's got the problem now. I can't wait to see the plan. (laughs) I can't wait to see Don Guardian's plan. Believe me, great American. Can't wait to see his plan. So what is the plan? Well, they're working on it right now. And here's the update. Council and the Atlantic City Mayor, Don Guardian, they said that over the course of the next few months, they will bring everybody up to speed as to where they are. I guess every 30 days they'll have a a public meeting and give everybody a summary of what they've come to, what they are dealing with, what they've agreed to, what they are stuck on, and some of the progress they're making. Officially, this whole recovery plan, this rescue plan that the city has to come up with by November 3rd, Technically, it's called the Municipal Stabilization and Recovery Act, okay? They got 150 days to take care of it. The clock is already ticking. They have to come up with a five-year recovery plan that is okayed by the state of New Jersey. And it's due on November 3rd, 2016. Also at the meeting, to your far left, right here, Mr. Marty Small, Councilman Marty Small, Council president. In the middle with the mic, Kaleem Shabazz. And this gentleman with one of those Bluetooth cell phone things in his ear, Aaron Randolph. Uh, Councilman Randolph, you think you can take that stupid thing out of your ear while you're up on the dais when you are acting in the role of council person for the city of Atlantic City? Uh, Can you be like Kaleem and Mr. Small? Maybe put a suit on and a tie and take that stupid thing out of your ear. How important are you? Who, you frickin' Steve Wynn waiting for a deal to come through? Take it out of your ear. What a chump. Now, over here to your left with Mr. Small, at this point in time when this picture was taken, he did not drop the bomb. Now, we're not talking about his interest in having the Gap Band play the beaches of Atlantic City. The bomb he wanted to drop which he dropped a few hours after this meeting, was that he was going to you know, push forward an idea that we should get rid of two of three at-large positions. Because right now, the city of Atlantic City is, is overflowing with politicians. Needs a little trim. Needs a little cutback. So Mr. Small, being the smart man that he is, getting ready to become the next mayor of Atlantic City, well, that's, his, that's what he's aiming for. He figured he'd get rid of some of his competition or make it tough for some of his potential competitors. One of them is Mr. Frank Gilliam Jr., who's a council-at-large person. There's three council-at-large people, and there's six councilmen. That comes to nine. And Then there's a mayor. Then there's department heads. Should Atlantic City go back to the commissioner form of government? Just three? Three people representing the city of Atlantic City, and then one of them acts as the mayor? Or should we just whack the council-at-large positions? There's three of them. Marty wants to get rid of two of the three. Just last night on uh, June 30th, 2016, council majority said, yep, let's go to the next step. So the goal here is to get it on a referendum in November where the voters will decide, should we whack two of the three council at large seats? Our guess is that George Tibbet will be first to be ejected. And Mr. Gilliam certainly is uh, at risk as well. Well, uh, Mo Delgado get whacked. Voters will decide based on the referendum, all right? The city did get a little financial band-aid to get it through its tough time. A bridge loan from the state. A little bridge loan. Why did the state give up that money? How would the state get their money back? Well, Johnny X from Ducktown Tavern, he got up and said, what are we doing why are we spending this money that we desperately need on building a bridge? We have enough bridges. I know we have a lot of waterways, but let's not take this money and build a bridge from Upseekan island to somewhere else. Let's, let's use it to reduce taxes or attract new business. No, Johnny, that's not what we mean by a bridge loan. We're not going to build a bridge. The bridge loan we're talking about has the collateral. So the state's going to give us X amount of money. Because they know they can get their hands on $60 million worth of ACA, Atlantic City Alliance money. Some good ideas within the ACA, but poorly executed. And this bridge loan is collateralized, meaning if the city can't pay it back, there's lots of things it can grab. It's collateral. And, of course, the bridge loan is also connected to the IAT, the alternative tax. That's the tax that comes directly from the casinos. Just a few days ago, the city had a, a lot sale, selling off a lot of its land that wasn't making any money, just sitting there, not collecting any taxes. The city had some of this land in a variety of ways, sometimes through uh, people abandoning it or through foreclosures or, or just uh, land that they used and never used in many, many years. So let's get it back on the tax rolls. They went to auction. And it was funny because uh, I thought it was a great point that Mayor Don Guardian said. And he said when he was elected, he said, hey, let's give away this land. Nobody, there was no takers because they thought it's too risky. All Don wanted to do was get these pieces of property. It's about 120 on the tax rolls. It makes a lot of sense. And here we are a few years later. Don couldn't give it away for nothing where today we got 1.7 million dollars for these lots. I think uh, they were shooting for somewhere over a million dollars, but to get 1.7 tells me that these prices have bottomed out and they're moving up, and that we are really undervaluing a lot of these properties and parcels in Atlantic City. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Bart Blatstein, uh, he is uh, very close to officially owning that volleyball court in between Revel and, I'm sorry, not yeah, House of Blues, and, of course, the Showboat, and Garden Pier. He snagged Garden Pier for just $1.5 million. He got the volleyball court, nice property right there on the boardwalk, and that was uh, for what, $3.5 million. But to get Garden Pier for $1.5, I don't know, man. Sounds too cheap for me. I'm a little disappointed that these two properties didn't go up, didn't go up to auction. But I'll uh, I'll reserve comment on that. And according to the press of Atlantic City, Mr. Blatstein, he lowballed the city. He tried to get that volleyball court. When I say a volleyball court, that was the last time it was used in a really cool way. But it's a, it's a big giant lot right there between Revel and the uh, and the House of Blues and the of course the Showboat. Mr. Blatstein lowballed the uh, city. I said I'll give you 1.9 million for it. The city smartly got it up to 3.5. When I say lowball, that's not disrespectful, but imagine. I have a feeling <laughs> that Blatstein, he lowballed the pier, Garden Pier, got 1.5. We think it's worth much more than that. Now, Bader Field was not a part of those auction that auction on June 23rd because Baderfield has some conditions to it. The previous auction had no conditions. Buy it, do whatever you want with it. But with Bader Field, the city wants to, you know, to build jobs and industry, so they are attaching conditions to the sale. And a closed bid auction will happen on July 14th for Bader Field, and then council gets to decide who they're going to give that, that bid to or the Bader Field uh, property to. So even though somebody could offer an awful lot of money, maybe like 200 million, but if the city doesn't like your plan at 200 million. They'll give Baderfield to somebody else for 150 million. They'll take 50 million less if they like that person if they like that plan. Kind of funky. They're going to hold back. The city's holding back about, <clears throat> about 40 acres. And that's the uh, ice skating rink there and the uh, stadium. And it sounds like they're going to hold that back, that 40 acres out of the Baderfield property. And it looks like the Stockton folks might be using or leveraging uh, some of those sports facilities. And then also up for uh, auction, the closed bid auction on July 14th, along with Bader Field, will be 11, you know, 11 acres right below the windmills on Absecon Boulevard, Route 30. Um, nice property right there. because the city was able to be successful in auctioning off their 120 properties and did pretty well with it. It kind of pushed the CRDA to say, maybe we should start auctioning off some of the stuff that we have. So the CRDA will be moving forward to auction off some of the properties they own, which are not paying any taxes. But anything in the Southeast Inlet, that's like right behind and right next to the Rebel property. That will not be included. I think, um, they got those uh, pieces of land slated for some developers. But everything else, they'll auction off and move those properties to the city tax rolls. It's a pretty pretty good idea. And this man, of course, that's a very inflammatory title. The Atlantic City land grab. Vulture investing? Mr. Bart Blatstein from Tower Investments. He was able to get Caesars, the pier at Caesars. He got the showboat. Some other properties he's in the midst of negotiating for. A couple of battles here and there, I understand. But for the most part, he sees Atlantic City as one big giant bargain. But some claim that he is grabbing stuff up on the cheap. Is he overleveraged? I don't know. You know, Bart said he was going to send me his entire financial portfolio. His bank account numbers. That never happened. but he did certainly get to Caesars Pier and created the playground. He was able to breathe some life into it, although it looks like Caesars, the casino connected to it, almost like wants nothing to do with it. Is there bad blood between Caesars and Blatstein? Probably. Because let me tell you, if you're in Caesars, there's no way you know that there's an awesome pier right in front of it with beautiful views and great stores. Is the playground name not good? I'm not a big fan of the name The Playground. Just not. Just not. Great place, great opportunity, tough for parking. Parking's a real problem. Their next-door neighbor doesn't like them, Caesars. Of course, they have financial problems of their own. But it's a great great piece of property there with a lot of upside. And the name Playground? Really? Really? Playground? Rebrand that thing. Not a good name. I mean, I get confused when somebody says, hey, Mel, you want to meet me at the Playground? I'm thinking, sure. I haven't seen any porno lately. I wouldn't mind getting some porno magazines, you know, over there on a couple of places, adult entertainment, adult, nudie places called The Playground. <clears throat> That's right. I think there's two places in Atlantic City called The Playground. And they're, they're porn shops. Yep, he got Garden Pier for $1.5 million. He can't put a hotel on there. It only can take a two-story structure, unless he just starts from scratch. But he could elongate the pier, maybe. But that pier is valuable, not only for Mr. Bart Blatstein, but also for Glenn Straub, his neighbor at The Rebel. Because down there, that part of the beach of Atlantic City, erosion is a killer. Right now, there's almost no beach there. Because where it is right near the inlet, it's an awful lot of current and wind. So anybody that wants some kind of a beachfront amenity for their guests, whether at the showboat or the Rebel, that beach is one big risk. That's why that pier was so on valuable and From what we understand, for $1.5 million, Bart said he's going to put some kind of a a swimming pool club. Not quite sure what that means, but all we care about is if you get it for the cheap, you get it for the cheap, put some deadlines. you got to have that thing up and running. Don't sit on it. (coughs) (coughs) Bore, Pauline Prairie. (laughs) Right? Just just coughed on my uh, webcam. But we love you, Bart. We want you to buy it up. We just want to make sure shovels get in the ground, and you, you certainly did. You got the, uh, the Pier of Caesars up and running. We want to make sure that these things are successful. It's really important to pull people down that end of the boardwalk. And listen, help your neighbor. If Glenn comes by, knocks on your back door at showboat, asks for a cup of sugar, give him a cup of sugar. Help him out. You know why? You need. You need Glenn Straub to kick ass next door to you, Mr. Blatstein. You know the concept of anchor business. He's a big magnet to pull all those people down. Let him open up. It's only going to help the showboat. It's only going to help the showboat. Okay? You you know that. And don't don't listen. Don't listen to the other clowns. Are they clowns? Not really. But don't listen to the others, competitors. Steve Callender from like... Tropicana, he doesn't want any more business. Some financial you know, analysts they don't want any more gaming halls to open, any more casinos to open. Well, no kidding. They're afraid. They don't want that. But they're all on the other side of the boardwalk. They do not want gaming to happen in the showboat or the rebel. Quite frankly, they don't even want either anything to open up. I think we owe the Borgata up to $170 million now. There's been staff reductions over the years, 351 cuts so far. There's more focus on sharing services from one township, from one municipality to another, making sure they get the lowest, best bid. City worker health plans move from a 10 to a $15 copay. That stuff's a no-brainer. That's not going to kill anybody, but it saves the city. It saves the taxpayers an awful lot of money. Wow, annual savings of $1.2 million going from a $10 to a $15 copay. And the prescription plans, they finally change them, saves $1.2 million. Am I reading this right? Does that mean the health plan and the prescription plan, we're talking about $2.4 million? Is that what it means? Some other new revenue ideas get all those new properties, sell them off, auction them off, get them on the tax rolls, new parking meters and spaces, not just new high-tech meters, but more spaces will have meters. Some of us don't like that, but going to bring some money in, probably another million dollars. More leases, let people do stuff on the beach, set up shops, set up retail, set up you know, pop-up businesses. And how about four-wheel drives, a four-wheel drive beach permit? They're talking about off-season right now. But something tells me they could sell an awful lot of these and then cordon off portions of the Atlantic City Beach for all year, all year four-wheel drive permits. There's portions of Atlantic City's beach where people don't use them much, kind of like down by the jetty near the inlet. That should be all season. You could probably get about 200 225 250 for an annual beach permit, a 4x4 beach permit. Some pretty good investments here, lowering costs by upgrading the lighting system, all funded by the CRDA, the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. Cost reduction, 60% by putting more efficient lighting along the boardwalk because it cost the city $2 million in electricity costs in 2015. Big bucks there we can save. Some other new city revenue. The city has to, well, the city has a choice. It can cut, cut, cut. Or it can look for new ways of monetizing its assets. New ways of making money with what it controls. Because the more money you can pull in, the less cutting, the less firing and layoffs. So you got to really think about it. Do you want to fire people? Or do you kind of want to do something to bring in more revenue? So when you hear a council person talk down and say no about new revenue ideas, what they're saying, in effect, I'm going to tell you straight up, they're going to fire people because they don't want to do that new revenue idea. Now, what new revenue ideas am I talking about? Beach tags. I know Mayor Don Guardian does not want beach tags. He believes that once you have beach tags, the poor people can't use the beach. My sense, everybody else has beach tags, number one. Typically, beach tags aren't that expensive. $7, $10. But you can make beach tags really inexpensive. You can charge $5, you know, buy them pre-season. Senior citizens... This is what they do in Brigantine, Ventnor, Margate. If you buy them early, you get them cheap for the season. There's no reason why the city cannot get $5 for a beach tag preseason. You know, prior to June 1st, you buy your ticket, you buy your beach tag, it's 5 bucks for the season. Or if you're a senior or you're a military vet. But other people will pay the full boat a beach tag. So to blow that off, to say that charging anything for a beach tag in Atlantic City is going to keep the poor people off the beach, that's not true. You can do that in a variety of ways and make it and keep it legal. Once again, my sense to charge five bucks at least for the season There are ways of finding a proper balance. Marijuana. So, it's been decriminalized in Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. California is on the verge of, recrea- I think, recreational marijuana because there's different versions of marijuana. There's the medical use when a state okays that. There's the decriminalization. Do you really want to throw somebody in jail or having a bag of pot in their pocket? There's recreational use. A lot of money can come in. Now, Marty Small, Councilman Marty Small, Council President Marty Small, is against making money with marijuana in Atlantic City. He's suggesting he can't get behind it because it's morally unacceptable. Frank Gilliam Jr. is for it because he knows it's not going to get more people smoking pot I know it's not going to get more people smoking pot. It's going to take the money, the illegal selling of pot, out of the hands of the bad guys and put it to good use, much like we do with alcohol and cigarettes. Alcohol and cigarettes are far more more harmful than marijuana. And I think Nevada, the state of Nevada, is going to referendum on legalizing marijuana like a 20% tax, that's huge money. Just keep in mind, at one time, alcohol was prohibited and then heavily taxed. It's the bad, it's the scourge of society. Gambling. Gambling. Nobody wanted that. Then that was a big, giant windfall of cash. Marijuana absolutely should be legal in Atlantic City. It's cordoned off. There's restrictions. Even though I love the guy, Marty Small, he does not want to upset the people that will cast a vote coming up next year because he wants to be the mayor. He doesn't want to touch this. So, yes, this is what I'm saying. Not only Marty Small, not only Marty Small, councilman, but even Mayor Guardian, they will not talk about the amount of money that marijuana can bring to the city of Atlantic City because they want to be re elected. They want that job for four years, a six figure job. Can't blame them. Some good at some pretty good coin. So I'm looking you right in the eyes. What's more important? Balancing the budget, making Atlantic City a economically vibrant and diversified uh, diversified destination? Or being reelected? We know how they're going to act. They want to get reelected. And you can't blame them because the motivation is there. But if elections weren't coming up and they had to make that decision on money, beach tags and marijuana and walking along the boardwalk with a beer should fly through. There's ways of monetizing all this stuff. But they won't touch it because they are afraid that in their wards— and in the small voting population of Atlantic City, they're going to lose votes. It's a very small group of people in the overall scheme of things that make a decision on who to get voted in. That's why I'm a big fan of two Atlantic cities because they're at odds. Residential Atlantic City and tourism district Atlantic City do not work together, even though we'd like them to. It's like oil and it's like oil and water. Yeah, they could be in the same bottle, but they're not going to mix. Okay? I don't even smoke pot. But the marijuana thing should go through. And the beach tags should go through. And the boardwalk beverage should go through. With restrictions, with compromise, it's a no-brainer. You don't want any of these three? Start firing people, laying people off shutting down playgrounds, your decision. Get some more concerts. Come on. <clears throat> I know it's tough to get big, big bands, but, and I like Blink-182. But when you have some of the big shows, Florida, Georgia Line, and Jimmy Buffett, Blink-182 you know, Blink comes down a couple of notches. But why not use different types of bands more often? Because that's a semi-permanent stage there on the beach. I don't know the logistics and the financials of that, but certainly concerts are the, one of the best ways of marketing the city of Atlantic City by far. Not do AC and social media campaigns. You got to get their asses, 20 and 30-somethings, into Atlantic City for something they want, and that's drinking and partying and music, whether in a club, whether on the beach, With a hip country rock pop act, and it's not country western. Just cut it out. That's today's pop. Thank you. Oh, (laughs) you want some more new revenue? You'll free up a lot of money by having fewer politicians. Go to a commission reform of government. Whack a couple of at-large positions. (laughs) Tibbet. Excuse me. I got something in my throat. (laughs) Tibbet. Get rid of some people that absolutely are worthless and are bad. And PR, advertising, marketing, let's do this first. Stop relying on the one local newspaper. One newspaper towns are bad. There's no competition, so they set the agenda. They set the tone. They're still the newspaper of record, even though their population or their circulation, their readership plummets. The land that building sits on, is more valuable than the newspaper itself. Press of Atlantic City? Oh, that's right. They're not in Atlantic City. They're in Pleasantville. When you see an article like this, how a reopened Revel could hurt the Atlantic City gaming market. Hey, I thought, maybe I just woke up, but I thought we're doing our best to track the success of Atlantic City on the overall economy, not just gaming. And this article by Nicholas Huba might be a good guy. Who knows? Maybe he was told to write this. But certainly his his bosses, his editors have to okay it or tweak it. But that's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to write. Picking winners and losers. Saying that if Revel opens, it's going to hurt the gaming market. What kind of stupid use of time to write this? Did they write this about Bart Blatstein? Nah, they didn't do that. Is Glenn Straub a nut, a kook, pain in the ass? Yeah. What's it matter? Let him throw all that money at ideas. If they fail, does something else. Let him develop. And sure, does he try to cut corners? I get the sense he does in a way, legally, or doesn't want to follow the rules. I kind of believe that he tries to use the law and legal means to, to barrel through but we like uh, crazy people to spend their own money and take risk because he might, hit about, he might hit upon something good so this is an absolutely POS a POS you know what that stands for right when you write this in your newspaper the rest of the world gets to see it and that's why the press of Atlantic City and then when WOND radio reads this That is a big problem with marketing and PR. Thank you.